0: Boom, Warren, it's cover two time. And, wow, that was a, a weird change over there. Uh, but, but we're into it now, and this is going to be a fun episode. The 49ers are coming off a big win against the Panthers. Uh, they have two two wins in a row. Can it be a winning streak? Like they say in Major League, it has happened before. Uh, but three wins would be fantastic. And The 49ers would be four and two. Uh, but before we get to the Atlanta Falcons and all of that, let's talk about this 49ers versus Panthers. I want to get your reaction. What you were feeling about the game,
1: man? I'm first of all. I'm happy to get a win. Yeah, that's, that's the first thing. I'm I'm happy that we put two wins together this season, and um, it looks like we're on a we're on a roll. I mean, this is the part of the season that we needed to put wins together because it gets difficult after this after this three game span. Um, but I was excited. I was happy for the win. Obviously, I was upset about the injuries. Yeah, um, I mean, the injuries is it's just it's just heartbreaking, especially for the defense and the type of year that they're having and. You know, it was it was starting to look special, you know, and um with with, with E Man, I mean I was happy for him because he got the pick six, you know, and yeah, you know, it was in his hometown, you know, that's where he's from. And then to see him go down later in the game it's just it's just heartbreaking, you know. Um, but overall, you know, I was I was pleased with the game. I felt like the Niners um they went on the road and they took care of business, and that was my biggest worry going into the game was taking their their game on the road, you know, because our Previous two road games that we lost, you know, we yeah. lost the Bears, we lost the Denver, and we really didn't play well, you know. And when we went when we went home and we played the Rams, um, and I believe it was our second game against it was we beat the Rams and who Seahawks. else? Seahawks. When we played at home, you know, everything was it was it was sunny skies, you know. Team was looking good, everything was great. It was just we were having problems on the road early in the season, so it was nice to see the team put everything together and play a complete game and um. Actually, just dominate, dominate Carolina on Sunday.
0: Yeah, they did a really good job. Enough that Matt Rule got fired. The defensive coordinator <laughs> got fired. Uh, it, it, it appears they're on a complete fire still. The, you know, the general manager's upset that there's more red in the stands. Uh, he should be upset that there were so many open seats. That's what he should really be upset about. But here's an idea. Put forth a better product. Uh, and the fact that they believe that they're going to align with Baker Mayfield and have him choose the next GM, uh, mean, next coach, Good luck, um, but overall, I thought the 49ers handled themselves really well against the Panthers. All you know, all the points that you wanted them to win, they did, except for special teams. I think special teams was you know a struggle, they they lost outside contain a couple of times, and in one of those ends up hurting Robbie Gold. Uh, Robbie Gold had to make both touchdown saving tackles. That's not what you want, so those things need to be cleaned up. They've been going after the 49ers field goal unit, uh, two block field goals is unacceptable at this you know stage. the season so they need to get that cleaned up too but there were so many good things that happened in the game as well you know jimmy g looked pretty good he was executing tevin coleman was making huge plays jeff Wilson jr looked like he's just getting better and better as this year goes and i think that's the exciting things you can take away from it it's always heartbreaking when you lose a player um with jimmy ward i mean what was it two plays you know and he's gone and then you lose e-man as well but i think this next next man up mentality is a real thing and I think the 49ers are really approaching that right now. And I think 2020 and 2021 prepared them for this. But I think the team is is set and ready to go. And I think they can overcome these injuries. It's just going to be a lot more difficult.
1: Yeah. the Niners are actually pretty fortunate um, with the depth that we have. You know, like with the E Man going out, I mean, you have a guy like Varet that could possibly step in. And he was our top cover corner just a year ago. So, I mean, you're very fortunate to have somebody like that just waiting in the wings. I mean, hopefully he comes back and he's, he's 100% and he could play up to what, what we expect of Verrett. But, I mean, the Niners are fortunate. Not too many teams in the league have this type of depth. So, um, I'm, I'm excited. I, I'm sad for E-Man, but I'm excited to see what, what we could do with Verrett.
0: Yeah, you know, and Kyle Shanahan has been pretty clear. Uh, about some things is involving Jason Brett. Number one, he says Brett will eventually be the starting corner opposite of Charvarius Ward. The key there being eventually, uh, they want to work him in nice and slow. That has been their game plan. That's what they wanted to do the entire time. Kyle Shannon, all the way back when they first decided to keep Brett on the pup list, was, oh, we don't care if we get Jason back after four games, after eight games, after end of the season. We don't care. Like whenever we get him back, that's what we want him. I think the eight games kind of gave you an idea of what they were thinking. I think it was, you know, get him, open his practice window after four, and then eight games is kind of when they expect him to be full go. It just happens to be that that's getting around after the bye and getting towards the Chargers is when you're expecting him to go. The Rams-Chargers area uh, for Jason Fred, that's for him to get full snaps. I think, and I, I want to know what you think about this, I think he starts getting snaps against Kansas City at home on natural grass where they can make sure that he's not going to have any knee problems. I think they're more likely to give it an opportunity then than they are to give it to him against Atlanta. Now I could be wrong, but I just seem to think that makes the most sense for the 49.
1: I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I mean, it's the safer move to do. It's the safer move to do to bring him back on natural grass where, you know, the grass gives and you it's not, the field is not so, not so stiff. You know how the artificial fields are, um, I would love to see him get in a little bit against Atlanta, just like I said the previous weeks, just to get his feet wet, you know, um, get him ready for the for the Kansas City game because that's such a big game and 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 it's just right around the corner. It's, a, it's in a couple weeks, so I would love to see Verret a little bit earlier. But I think you're spot on with that. I think the Niners will hold off, be cautious, you know, bring him back uh, for a home game on natural unnatural grass. Just just to be cautious with him, you know, not to rush him out there too quick. So I think you're spot on with that take.
0: Yeah, because if you play him a little bit against Kansas City, not a lot, but a little bit. You know, a couple series in the you know first quarter, you know, a little bit here and there. Then when you get to the Rams, you can play him even more. And the good news is, yeah, it's on artificial turf and that stinks, but there's a bye week that immediately follows. So if he needs time to recover, that is it. It's not back to back, you know, weeks on uh turf, which is giving people problems. I mean, banks is having some issues, Ebucom's having some issues with playing on turf I mean that's how you get the tendonitis and things bugging you you just can't get right So well, i think it would be smart to do that and that bye week is going to be big i think that's also why you could see trent williams i know this is not in the cornerback room but you could also see trent williams in kansas city for that exact reason get him ready uh and then a couple weeks later you have a bye so i think the 49ers can use that bye to their advantage over the next few weeks and get their players healthy now this cornerback room uh, we know verrette is the eventual starter kyle shannon said as much But who is going to be the starter against the Atlanta Falcons, against the Kansas City Chiefs? Because I don't think it's going to be Jason Barrett. So is it going to be Warren or Lenore? Is it going to be Samuel Womack? Is it going to be Omri Thomas, who got all those games played last year, playoff games, someone you're tremendously uh, familiar with because you watched so many Michigan games? What do you think? Who's it going to be of those? Or is it going to be like a wild card, someone off the practice squad like Dante Johnson?
1: that's that's going to be it's going to be interesting to see um how i forecast it going is i ex- i expect the niners to move lenore outside i expect them to move lenore outside and um and play womack inside just because the rookie has played so well in preseason and up to this point um lenore he kind of had a rough game against carolina um you know he gave up a couple a couple uh, chunk plays um but overall i mean he played okay um so far in the season he's played tremendous, you know. I mean Lenore's he's been balling out. So, I think the the coaching staff has a little bit more, I would say, trust in him playing going outside than Ambry Thomas. I would love to see Ambry outside. Uh I'm a huge Ambry fan. To me, he gets better in time. He's like he's like fine wine. Like if you guys remember last year he was struggling early, you know, and as the games started piling up and as the seasons went on, he got better and better and better. You know, and towards he was a different corner from when he first started to the end of the season. And so I think if they keep sticking with with, with Thomas, I think he'll get better. And I like his size, and he's just a better, he's more of a natural fit at outside than than Lenore is. Lamore, to me, is more of a, he's more of a natural inside at nickel, just just looking off of size and, and weight and stuff like that. So I would love to see Thomas, but I think the coaching staff has more, they have more trust in Lenore right now to put him outside opposite of Ward and play Womack inside.
0: Yeah, I mean, and you've got... What's interesting about this matchup against Atlanta, because I think that's the most pressing one, is you've got a big Drake London a, you know, and a big Kyle Pitts. If Pitts ends up playing, I know he's get, working through the hamstring, but then you've got two big physical guys who can beat you on the outside, and that's something you have to be concerned about. With Emmanuel Mosley, even though he was only 5'11", he played so big and physical for his size, so I never worried about him manning up against bigger guys. I do worry about Womack, for sure, because of the strength, And I worry about Lenore because of this height and size, because even though he's similar to Emmanuel Mosley, he's not as long as Emmanuel Mosley. So there is a difference there, but I think you're right. I think it will be, uh, it will be Lenore. I think Omri Thomas would make the most sense as far as length and size, but I don't think the four years are going to go that way. I think, Lenore outplayed Ombre Thomas all through training camp. He outplayed him through practices. I mean, He outplayed everyone enough that he got into the starting nickel job over Samuel Womack, and Womack was playing pretty good. So right. I think they stick with a hot hand. I think you're right with Lenore. I think one of the interesting things is Tarvarius Moore has been injured uh, with a hamstring. Now, he's starting to get limited practice. He could be on target to play, which will help special teams. But if he's not, you have Jimmy Ward that can't, that's not going to be playing. He had surgery on his hand. Various more, maybe with the hamstring that might be an opportunity for Dante Johnson to come up because he could play a multitude of roles, including being a backup nickel if you need him or playing safety. Um, so this might actually be a week that we see Dante Johnson just to keep that in mind. I don't think he's going to start or nothing like that. I threw that out there for fun, but um, this room overall has a lot more depth, Warren, than I think we've ever seen from the 49ers in the Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch era.
1: Yeah. And it's a much different story from last year. I mean, last year, I mean, we was dealing with, I mean, the dead back corner was, it was, it was upsetting. I mean, we were all worried about the position. Yeah. I mean, if, if we had one more, if we just suffered one more injury last year. I mean, it would have been red alert. So, um, it's definitely, uh, we're in a different, different position than we were in last year. um, But thankfully, it's Atlanta Falcons. I mean, they have some promising young players, like you said, with Kyle Pitts and uh, Drake London. I love what I've seen from him for his rookie year. Um, So I'm not too worried, not too too worried about um, the secondary this week. Um, And plus, our front seven, I I think they're going to they're going to get tremendous pressure on Mariota. So, um, but I I think we'll be okay for this week. But I I agree with what you're saying and pretty much like how the lineup is going to go out for this week. But I think we'll be okay. And then once we get Once we get Kansas City on the clock, that's when I'm going to start getting a little bit worried.
0: Yeah, that one's going to be interesting. Kansas City's going to be interesting. And you brought up the pressure on Mariota. um, And the 49ers had to change up the way they got pressure once they lost Nick Bosa. You can tell the difference between a defensive line with Nick Bosa out there and a defensive line void of him. Now, he hasn't been completely ruled out, but I would be very surprised if he plays against Atlanta. I would actually start to think that I would be surprised if he plays against Kansas City. I think you play them against the Rams because the Rams is more important because the NFC West foe is the NFC foe. And that's how I rank opponents. Not about how good they are, but are they in the NFC first? Yes. So Atlanta, more important than Kansas City. Uh The NFC West game against the Rams, more important than both of those games. With Kansas City, it, overall record, yes, it hurts you if you lose. Uh, but it doesn't hurt you when you get to tiebreakers and playoffs. And we all know going 3-0 and in the division in the NFC West by beating the Rams again in a couple of weeks – would put the 49ers with an absolute stranglehold on the NFC West and put them in the driver's seat overall. Um, So I think that's more important. So if you have to rest them two weeks, I think you do it because you do not want this thing to get out of hand. You don't want him to miss the rest of the season or a huge portion of it because you tried to thrust him out there too soon to play against an, play an insignificant game like Kansas City. I hate to say it that way, um, but in the grand scheme of things, it's the most insignificant of games that are coming up, you know, in the next several weeks so what do you think about how they're going to get pressure they did it with safeties they did it with linebackers they amico came from everywhere you think that will be the way they go or are they just going to go you know what we've got four or five pretty good pass rushers that aren't nick bosa we're just going to get after you with four
1: i mean in the perfect world you want to get pressure with four you know you don't want to have to bring um, a linebacker or safety or corner you want to get it naturally with four Um, the way the game was was panning out when Nick Bosa left, and I mean, you could instantly see it. When Nick Bosa left the field, it was just like, where's Bosa? Because there was no more pressure. You know, like, there was pressure, but there was a lot of coverage sack. You know, like, the secondary played out of this world. Everybody was blanketed, and, you know, um, know, they were just starting to get after the quarterback. You know? So without Nick Bosa, it's going to be a problem for, I would say mostly for Kansas City. For this game against Atlanta, I believe... I mean, you you dial it up how you dial it up, yeah. you know. I mean, you go out there what you could try to get pressure with four, which I think we'll have we'll have time where we'll be able to get home with four. Um, depending on game flow, you might want to mix it up and bring pressure from secondary or or for um, from a linebacker or something like that. But um, I fully expect the Niners. I think it's going to look something like it gets like Carolina. I think it's going to look similar. Without Bosa, you got you do got to get a little bit creative, you know. Because you just, you, Bosa's just, he's just a beast. He gets, he gets pressure. I think he leads the league in pressures. Yeah, he does. So he naturally just, just gets pressures. So um, I expect this game plan to look similar to what Carolina looked like.
0: I, I think it is a game where you, you can come after Marcus Mariota. Mariota's <laughs> been sacked 12 times already this season. He's not a guy that defeats the Blitz consistently. Uh, their game plan, as far as how they run offense, they don't have a lot of quick hitters. They don't have anything over the middle. They do a lot of things to the outside, to the you know, to the sideline and outside the numbers. That's kind of how they run it. They run floods, um, that sort of thing. So I think taking advantage of Marcus Mariota's ability to read coverage is important. Confuse him and then bring blitz to show blitz and then back off. Do a bunch of a variety of things that can confuse his offensive line and can confuse his eyes. I think if you do that, that's going to give you the time you need to get home plus whenever you have a mobile quarterback like Marcus Mariota you bring a fifth guy and you rush within your lanes it makes it more difficult for him to be able to step through the offensive line and run because you want to have you know gap integrity this week pass rush integrity is important yes. don't let Mariota beat you with his legs he is the you know one of the the most leading third most leading rusher on the entire team uh, he has the third most carries and they're not going to have Cordero Patterson so they're going to have to rely on him to help this run game overall so i think getting pressure on mariota is paramount and i think if they do he already has four interceptions on the season i think he could easily add on to that four touchdowns four interceptions not huge numbers for mariota and this offense has been scoring points but a lot of it was with the run game over 800 yards rushing, the four yards stifle the run game and then get after Mariota, I think is the recipe for success.
1: Yeah, without Cordell Patterson, I mean, there's not too much to worry about from a running back perspective. Yeah. Um, Like you said, if the Niners stay disciplined and stay in their their lanes, their blitz lanes, their rush lanes, to me, there's nothing this offense could do against this defense. So, um, I mean, when you're playing quarterbacks like this, like we've said before, these Sandlot quarterbacks, it's all about discipline and just, just playing your role, you know? fill up those lanes, don't let them get out and make those big plays downfield where somebody's run it up and the defense gets sucked up. It's just um, stay in your lanes, play disciplined football, and then we should we should dominate this team, to be honest.
0: Yeah, and and one <clears> thing, <throat> thing that we have saw in this recent week was that Jimmy Garoppolo um, has not been buckling under the pressure. He's been getting a lot done. It has been absolutely impressive what he has done. What did you think about Jimmy Garoppolo uh, in this game? And is this the same Jimmy? He's turning the ball over at the lowest rate he has in his entire career. Is this the same Jimmy Garoppolo that we've seen over his tenure with the San Francisco 49ers? I,
1: I think you said it best. I think you said it best when, when Trey Lance went down against Seattle. Um, Jimmy's playing with house money. Yeah. You know, he has nothing to lose right now. He knows um, he won't be back next year. He knows it's just one year this is the gusto let's see what I can do let's see if I could if I could get this team over the hump where I tried so many times and I just couldn't do it. So he's really playing with house money and he has nothing to lose it's just go out there slinging, and let's let's see what can happen. So what I've been I love what I see from Jimmy like I love seeing him trying to uh throw the ball downfield you know which you don't really see much of Jimmy you know that's not really Jimmy's game and you know to see him go downfield with um Tevin Coleman And then Danny Gray, you know, you're just like, okay, Jimmy, like, I see you like, all right, you're, we might have something with you this season, you know, you might, you might get us over the hump this year. So I'm loving what I'm seeing from Jimmy. Um, So I'm not gonna lie. Some plays you do see you're just, you're kind of cringeworthy. Yeah. You know, you're just like, oh, like that could have been picked. Yeah. You know? So, but overall to this point, um, he's looked, he looks much better now than what he looked in Denver.
0: Yeah, and one thing I'll say is, you know, my early review of the film and just watching it overall, Jimmy was recognizing the the robber coverages and things that other teams have done to him, and he was taking advantage of those things. He was taking advantage of man coverage, looks with that that zero coverage with guys coming off the edge and blitzing. That throw to Tevin Coleman was fantastic. The throw to Brandon Ayuk, back shoulder. Ayuk should have came up with that ball. Absolutely. That was a great throw on the play. The George Kittle in the first uh, first series of the game, he threw that one to the to the left sideline, and George Kittle went up and made a play on it. Those are things that Jimmy Garoppolo doing that I think he was leery of doing before. What the funny, interesting thing is, now that he's actually taking chances having less turnovers than when he wasn't taking chances and when trying to protect the ball so i think jimmy garoppolo kind of just going out there and letting it whip a little bit has been good for this team i also think kyle shanahan has already started to mold this offense into what jimmy garoppolo needs and that's why warren gotta ask you this is this offense giving you 2019 vibes because They were moving the pocket. They were running outside zone with Tevin Coleman and Jeff Wilson Jr. That sounds familiar. Um, But they were moving (laughs) defenders with that and then finding areas to be able to throw the ball. They reinstituted the RPO. They ran a reverse with Debo Samuel. Like, this was starting to give me a little bit of the feels of 2019. How about you?
1: I can can see where you're going with that. Um, To me, the 2019, that team, the run game was so elite that year. Yeah. You know, and Moster was so elite. I mean, the guy—you gave him a sliver, and he was taking everything to the house. So the speed it, and what we had in that offense was ridiculous. So I could kind of see the similarity where where people are going with with this year's offense. I don't think the running game is as elite as it was in twenty nineteen, um, but I think we have more weapons than we had in twenty nineteen. I mean, yeah, uh, you can like Juwan Jennings. I don't think people are talking about him enough. Like the guy, like when we drafted him a couple years ago. I was just like, all right, who's this guy? You know, like out of Tennessee, I wasn't really impressed. Um, I looked at his film. I didn't think he had enough speed. Like, I just didn't think he had what it what it took to make it as an NFL receiver. Um, and now I watch him, and the way he's developed, man, it's like every time there's a big third down, he's the one making the play. Yeah. You know, so – so, and then you got you, – you sprinkle in Debo, and you got Ayuk and Kittle and – we're, the way they're using juice right now i mean the offense to me is so multiple right now and that's what i love it's like you don't know who's going to get you it's it's like death by a thousand cuts
0: yeah and i mean this is kind of something i've been talking about for a couple weeks now that jimmy garoppolo taking the helm meant a change in philosophy uh, and one of those changes is that the running back and eventually elijah Mitchell's going to come back and once you have elijah mitchell jeff Wilson jr and tevin coleman You're going to be able to run outside zone now. TDP is starting to practice. He'll be back here pretty soon. And he'll be able to run that as well. They went to a more big physical running back because that fit what they were going to do with Trey Lance. Now they're back with Jimmy Garoppolo. They need to change it up. Last year, they had Raheem Mostert still. So it still was the Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy Garoppolo kind of offense. Now, Mostert got hurt and everything changed. But that was their thought process. We'll start getting guys like Trey Sermon for when Trey Lance takes over. But... We also know that we need these fast guys. So Elijah Mitchell is going to unlock this offense to another level. But you've seen once they got this offense going, that the run game is starting to pick up because they're starting to get back in the mold of what they did in 2019. Some of the things are different, of course. That's why I'm just saying vibes. There's some things that are similar some things are different. But you're right. The run game is not going to be close to that until Elijah Mitchell gets back because Mitchell is spectacular. and He's going to definitely do some damage when he gets in this run game. But i like the way they're flowing i like how kyle was getting you know the nice chemistry going he was pulling the right strings at the right time and really jimmy was converting on third down And as long as you can convert on third down i mean just take out the kendrick born name and add in jawan jennings and you're getting the same sort of thing you know debo making the plays that he makes kittle uh, and now take out emmanuel sanders and put in brandon Ayuk. i mean it, that's why it gives me those vibes because the sum of names are somewhat different in certain places uh, but the way that Kyle Shanahan's instituting them is starting to become more and more familiar.
1: And that's a great point, man. Um, Juwan Jennings being, um, what's his name? Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne, yeah. I, I forgot all about Kendrick Bourne. Yeah. You know, Kendrick Bourne, that's a great point because Kendrick Bourne, he always showed up in those huge moments. He did. Always, just like just like Jennings did. So that's, I love that point that you made because that's, that's exactly the role that he's that he's played into.
0: And the only thing with Juwan Jennings compared to Bourne is Jennings is more dangerous with the ball in his hands after the catch. Yeah, uh, the guy's nasty. Bourne was catch; he's getting tackled within two yards. Uh, that's not the same for Juwan. And no, I think he he's definitely. I mean, he played like 15 snaps in the game and had an impact on over half of them. Either <laughs> it was blocking or catching the football. Right. That's just how tremendous he is. So that I'm I'm loving the way this offense is going. I think it's going to help Jimmy Garoppolo. I think getting comfortable with what Jimmy does well with what this, you know, the rest of this football team does well. So I'm hopeful it's going to continue against Atlanta, but let's talk about Atlanta now. Uh, Warren, what is your biggest concern for the 49ers against the Atlanta Falcons? Um, you know, pretty talented team. They have some talented players on offense, some talented players on defense. So where is it that you think the 49ers need to be the most concerned?
1: I think the Niners, again, they just need to play a complete game. Um, what I've noticed noticed from this Atlanta team is they don't ever give up. This team will play you for sixty minutes. This team will play you to 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 zeros zero on the clock. I mean, from what I've seen against, from them, like the Rams had a big lead up against this team, and yeah. they fought to the end. I mean, I believe they almost or they did recover an outside kick, and they almost they almost pulled that game out late. Um, and then against Tampa Bay, I mean, last week, if it wasn't for that egregious call that. Everybody's talking about right now. I mean, yeah. it's it's just it's terrible. Um, they're in that game, you know, they get the ball back down one score. I mean, who knows what happened. So I've been super impressed with this Atlanta team where you know they're a lot, they're void of a lot of talent, but heart, they have a ton of heart. So the Niners gotta come out focused, um, and just absolutely just take their will, you know, dominate the game. Um, kind of like what they did against Carolina, you know, just come out, play physical for four quarters. And there's not too much you need to worry about for this team. I mean, player-wise, I worry mostly about Mariota extending plays, you know, making plays with his feet, as always. Um, Drake London, like I said, I I love what I see out of the kid. I mean, I think he's going to be a future star. He's just not there yet. And then they got Kyle Pitts, and Kyle Pitts, in my opinion, he hasn't played up to what his draft draft, uh, ranking was. So, um, to be honest, to me, what worries most about this team is, like I said, it's just their will to win, you know? So, but I I expect the Niners to take care of business and win the game.
0: Yeah, I think it hurt them (laughs) big when they lost Cordero Patterson, you know I mean? And then Tampa Bay was super sticky in the secondary, which is not always necessarily the case, but they were, they were able to, you know, not allow very much separation from the receivers of Atlanta. Of course, they have some speed over there. They have some guys that can make plays, but um, I think the 49ers defensive backfield is able to handle it. I think Miko Rines is going to be able to scheme this up. I think the biggest concern for the 49ers is going to be just, you know, falling into the trap of, of not taking this game seriously, you know, looking ahead to Kansas city um, after a big win. But I I don't think that's going to happen for the mere fact that they stayed together on the East coast. I think they're all going to be, you know, together on this. I think they know how important this win is going to be. And I'm, I'm looking forward to you know, how they handle the game. So it's all about mainly uh, yourself, you know, making sure you execute everything you need to do, because I believe if they execute at the level that they can, that they just have a better roster than Atlanta, and they're going to be able to win. And Pitts, you know, 10 catches for 152 yards is not exactly the scariest thing this year. And even when you talk about London, he has 22 catches for over 250, but you know what I mean? It's it's nothing that's, like, scary right now. There's lots of scary players in this league. Um, And those two guys could be at some point. Let's just hope they don't figure it out against the 49ers. But I think you're right. Most of the concerns reflect in the 49ers just executing and just handling business. Now let's talk about the 49ers biggest advantage against the Atlanta Falcons.
1: Uh, Biggest advantage is just, I mean, from A to to Z. I mean, I mean, we, I mean, if you were putting together a team with, with both players combined, I mean, majority of the players will be from the Niners roster. So I believe the Niners just have advantage from all phases of the game. Um, I mean, from quarterback to running back, the defense, the Niners, they're clearly the better team. Um, If the Niners stay focused, to me, this is all mental. Like you said, I mean, you have Kansas City looming um, where, you know, you don't know what's going to happen in that game, you know. Um, But the Niners should, they should dominate Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta, they really don't hold a candle to the San Francisco roster. So, um, yeah, I mean to me it's 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 just pretty simple. I mean the Niners are just they're the better team.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest advantage <laughs> for the 49ers of course they have you know the better roster. I I think it's the coaching staff again, you know. I mean this that is something too, I yeah. harp on but Kyle Shanahan and D'Amico Ryans are two of the best to do it in the entire league and this defense is just spectacular and D'Amico Ryans is I mean he's doing everything right right now. There, he hasn't been making too many mistakes. He hasn't had a a single situation like he did last year where he had the wrong personnel in at the wrong time. Now, he does have some obstacles to overcome this week because he's going to have a different corner playing on the outside than Emmanuel Mosley. He's not going to be able to just know and trust that those two guys on the outside can win whenever you need them to. So that's going to mean they have to have Tayshawn Gibson or Talon Fonga help over the top at times on that side, depending on matchup. That's something they can do. Now, I think D'Amico Ryans is going to figure out Atlanta's offense pretty easy. Arthur Smith, you know, he has a good offense. He did it really well at Tennessee, averaged over 150 yards rushing. Part of the reason he did that, though, he has Derek freaking Henry. You don't have Derek Henry. You don't have Cordero Patterson. It's going to be tough sledding for this running back room. And so I think the four-yards are going to stop the run. I think they're going to get very creative getting after Marcus Mariota, and they're going to put him in a world of hurt. And I think if Atlanta doesn't take the ball and start throwing the football over the middle between the hash marks, They are going to absolutely struggle because I think the 49ers are going to bring pressure and not worry about Mariota throwing the ball over the middle to open receivers. And that means Fred Warner and Drake Greenlock in blitz. Uh, That is not a good situation. And look for Talano Hufanga to come flying around at some (laughs) point and either take out Caleb Huntley, one of the running backs or Marcus Marta with a huge hit. I just think the, the the coaching staff is just a next level. Um, Plus when you have better pieces, right? You can just make more. It's like playing checkers. If you have a bunch of Kings, you're going to be able to make more moves than somebody that doesn't. And that's kind of where the 49ers are right now.
1: Yeah. And I mean, on Sunday, it's about getting out to a fast start too. I mean, the Niners get up early. I think that's going to seek into Atlanta and they they know there's no coming back from that. So you don't want to let, you don't want this team to stick around and they get in confidence and they're building momentum and you know, yeah. they might win the game late, you know, especially if you're, if you're missing guys like Bosa and you know, you're not going to have Ward and you know, we're not going to have E-man and if you let a team like this linger, you know, and it gets into the fourth quarter, it's a tight game, and you don't have your closer like Nick Bosa, things could get could get a little worrisome there, you know. So you want to get to a fast start and just 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 take their will away from the get.
0: Yeah, and you you know what I if I'm those other players and Nick Bosa's not playing, I'm looking in the mirror and I'm saying, you know what? I'm the closer now. Yeah, I'm gonna go handle business. I mean, this would be a huge time for Charles Hughes Samson w. Com, or Drake Jackson to establish themselves as that next guy, that guy that can do it. Um, Because, you know, every time that somebody's missing, it's an opportunity for somebody else. You know, there was a killer Witherspoon before, and Emmanuel Mosley stepped up and took his job in 2019. Every single time there's an opportunity, you have to take advantage of it. These guys are all pros for a reason. Let's see who steps up in this game. Uh, Because sometimes missing a player is just an opportunity for somebody else to come out of nowhere. And how many times have we seen, you know, a Drew Bledsoe go down and a Tom Brady come in and never look back. I mean, that's the kind of thing that happens in the NFL. Hopefully the Forty ers can continue with that. Because so far, uh their draft picks have been fantastic. Now, Warren, here it's time. Game prediction time. 49ers versus Falcons. What do you got?
1: This defense is elite. It's going to continue to be elite. Um, I can't see Atlanta really doing too much or putting up points on this defense. Um, They might get some sneaky points. Special teams, if our special teams continues to struggle. Um, I see the Niners having their way with, with Atlanta. Um, I see the final score being, I have the Niners twenty eight. I say 28 to six,
0: 28 to six. I yeah. like that. I like that. They, the Falcons only get two field goals. Um, I have a little bit more faith in the Falcons offense than that, but I could see it going your way. I think the four years are going to go over 30 again. I think that they go back-to-back weeks. I think this offense is figuring it out. And I think once they figure out what to do with Grady Jarrett on the interior defensive line, there's not a lot of weapons on the outside. I know they got Arnold Ebiketti, but he's not ready yet. Um, They've got a decent linebacker group, but then you've got places you can attack them. And I saw them be a step slow. I saw tunnel screens work against them by Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay's uh, receivers are not as good of blockers as the 49ers. And I'm looking at all this and saying, you're going to play off. You're going to do those things, and I'm going to be able to get free you know, throws to Debo Samuel on the <laughs> edge and George Kittle where they can make plays. I'm saying, you know what, we're going to be able to score 30 points. I think the 49ers will run the football in this game, but I'm going to go ahead and say Atlanta gets 16 points. I'm going to say it's 31-16 because I believe Atlanta gets one touchdown and a, a, a variety of field goals, uh, and I think that's exactly how it goes. I think they get three field goals and a touchdown, and the 49ers end up winning the game 31-16.
1: And let's hope the team comes home healthy. It seems like every year when we go East, it's always a major blow. Yeah, no I, matter think what.
0: I think that's going to be a huge goal uh, for this team. <laughs> it's come out of this game uh, unscathed. I mean, and if you can, that sets up nice. You got Kansas City back at home. You're on natural grass. Uh, it definitely will be nice to be home. And then after that, you've got the showdown with the Rams at you know, uh, Levi South. And uh, if you win that game, I, that's huge. I mean, they would have two wins over the Rams in the division. Uh They would, I mean, they are a couple wins away. I know they got Arizona still on the docket for a couple, but they're, they'd be really close to kind of securing the NFC West. And we know the easiest way to the playoffs is through your own division.
1: Yeah. I mean, you, you beat the Rams in a few weeks. I mean, you pretty much sealed up the division. I mean, with, with, especially how the rest of the division is playing right now. I mean, you're close to being the champ, the NFC West champ. So, um, let's just get out of this week healthy. Let's let's get back home. Let's make it to this bye week. Start to get some guys back, you know, yep. and and let's start making a push for this playoff and see what we could do in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, another great episode, Warren. I'm sure the four years are going to come out with this victory against Atlanta. We're going to be talking about a three game winning streak heading into a home home game versus. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm looking forward to that one next week. So that'll be a lot of fun, Warren. I can't wait for that, uh, but great episode.
1: Yeah, Super Bowl rematch uh, on the horizon. So I can't wait for that. But uh, first thing first, let's take care of Atlanta. And uh, like I say, get back healthy.
0: Yeah, thanks everyone for watching. Like and subscribe to the channel. Really appreciate it. Have a good one. We'll catch you on the next one. Go Niners.